Good evening, everyone, or good morning, depending on what time you're listening to this. This is a collaboration. We are joined today by the wonderful chat from 8-Bit Popcorn. Got it right. Good evening, Ryan and Joe. (laughs) Good evening. Lovely to be chatting to you. I say collaboration, but I should really... You don't have to clarify. um, watch that word because in jersey that's that can be a very dirty word Ooh, <laughs> stems from the old uh, the occupation of the channel islands are you ready to go into detail by the, by the nazis some people were accused of being collaborators with the right. nazis okay okay. I see. Yeah, okay yeah so world war ii kind of collaborators I we see. had nothing yeah. to do with it no, no I, I don't think anyone what ever got war? prosecuted. so you guys are a relatively new podcast Babies. do you want to tell us a little bit about what you what you're up to how do we put it? Joe, could you put it much more elegantly than I could, I'm sure? Let's see. I don't know. We are three media experts from Northern Ireland or the North of Ireland, whatever way you want to say it. Ryan here is a professional in the industry, so he like does edit and camera work. Zara, she is a script supervisor. So she gets work like that, and she's also a friend of Christopher Nolan, friends, apparently. Chris. No, no, no. They were best friends. And They've broken up. If you listen to the podcast. They were best friends. Up, yeah. Neither I did hear a, so a comment about that, and I was wondering if it was just because you she like, loves criticized Chris. one of his films she or loves something. Chris, but something's happened, and they've split. She talked to him uh-huh. once, and she won't, she won't shut up about let it, it drop. Yet, so. so maybe yeah. it's Tenet. Maybe it's that shitty film yeah. Tenet. Well, I that... think it was shit. Do you know? What? I didn't even make it the whole way through the movie. Oof. That's that's how bad my review was. Uh, I've seen it twice, and well, I still don't really understand yeah. what's going on or why the sound <laughs> edit choices were made. But anyway, I did. Zara, if you're listening, Tenant was shit. <laughs> and then, you know, just to introduce myself, yeah, I was slash am an actor or a voice actor. And, you know, if you listen to the podcast, I've done a master's degree, which I He'll will not shut up about. Every so, episode. You know, I need to I need to talk about my uh, master's degree constantly because, you know, it was a media degree. So here I'm using but Can it. you talk about your publishing? Joe's a writer <laughs> as well, actually. Oh, OK. <laughs> oh, uh, yes, well. that thing I do. <laughs> Oh, yes, that, that book I wrote. Well, I'm not, not currently published, but in the process of doing all the stuff for it, there will be more on that whenever it is, actually yeah. is published. And yeah, it certainly will be promoted on 8-Bit Popcorn. That's very cool. To know I was listening to your death, I think it was the death of the author episode where you mentioned your degrees, your qualifications. <laughs> Although it many. sounds like it could have you been any You could go episode. to any episode <laughs> and yeah, it will happen. <laughs> and I did hear a lot of talk about masters and PhDs and stuff like that. And I'm feeling very intimidated because Riggs, who's not here tonight, but Riggs, he's got the slackers degree at 2-2 and I just fucking dropped out. So, you know, I feel like you guys should be teaching well, actually, us actually, if uh, you to listen to one of the other episodes, you'll find that I don't have a yeah. master's. I have a degree in film but not a master's, so that's what's held over me every week. So Joe's the odd one out here this week. Yes, now I'm in the minority. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm not even a graduate, so, you know, you both What got did you study? When I was there, I was doing something shit like business. I think I dropped out, like, within days, but I just stayed at college getting drunk a lot. And then I was going to go back the following year to do something completely different, like earth sciences or something like that. And I just thought, no... Let's not do that. I just got a job. Terrible decision. Absolutely <laughs> appalling decision. Don't do it. And now you're here. So and now I'm here doing this, decisions. Yeah. So you know it all turned out all right in the yeah. end. Yeah. Whereabouts specifically in Northern Ireland? Well, I'm I'm from a little town called Antrim, which is about twenty miles just outside of Belfast. And then Joe and Zara, just to speak for them, are from Belfast. 
Isn't that right? I'm okay. You live in Belfast. You're not from Belfast. I live in Belfast, yeah. I'm originally from Lurgan, another small town also known as the ghetto. You know, it really is the okay. butt of many jokes over here. So I've got some family sort of over your way. My my mum, she's from Larne. Yeah, my brother lives near Larne. Um, okay. And then my, so there's like millions of them, but one, my auntie still lives over there. She's mm-hmm. in Banbridge, which is like, seems like a bit of a sleepy backwater <laughs> to me. Yeah, it's not far um, from Lurgan actually. So yeah. And my wrong. cousin who is, is one of the ones from Banbridge, he's like been pretty successful in the movie biz. He's he's a VFX artist. Oh, wow. He's uh, He did the dragons on oh, Game of Thrones and he's currently... Who does he work for? Disney. He's currently oh. lead VFX on Marvel's The Eternals. Wow. Oh, wow. So really? That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's far up. I'm going to try and bully him into coming on the show one day and you should yeah. try and bully him telling for, us well i don't want to say for you i'd take a job if he's offering a job i don't do visual effects <laughs> but it sounds like fun i was on game of thrones i'm sure everybody in this country is Are on you? game of thrones but i was on game of thrones seasons one two three and then the final season eight i went from being a peasant to a royal don't tell guard, about that and then i went to be an unsullied soldier in the final season so i had oh, a good character know. arc you got you a little cut to- off did you go full method? Full method. Yes. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. You talking about the shaved hair? Yes. <laughs> right. Tonight, we're going to talk about a film that I guess is sort of parenting related because I'm, I'm obviously from the Bad Dads Film Review Podcast. We review films that we missed while we were parenting and also we do the kids TV that we're forced to endure, which is sometimes brilliant, but frequently terrible. So we... Well, it was your nomination, I guess, but this is a film that kind of mashes those two concepts into one. It's Pixar's Inside Out. Is this something you watched with your family or on your own? No, I watched it on my own for some reason and I fell asleep and then I had to (laughs) do it again the next day, which I think was it was without my daughter but it was with the missus no i was just i'm gonna have a dig at my uh, co-host because i do fucking everything on the show i think so I was we just hear exhausted we heard and, uh, yeah it was yeah it, it was it was like really late at night like about half eight when I, and i just fell asleep so i did i did see it all in the end but it took a couple of goes at it most most films do i fall asleep in the cinema i fall asleep at like a metal gig in iceland you know i, I fall asleep all the time so I don't think I'm fully narcoleptic, but it's not far off. Yeah, I mean, partially. I've only fallen yeah. asleep in the cinema once, but it was in the VIP section and it was those oh, real comfy chairs. So yeah, I just relaxed. It was the Book of Eli, actually, really. Oh, well, that's fair enough. No, that is fair uh, enough. Yeah, it was a pretty boring film. Never rewatched it. The cinema, I, I remember like there used to be a thing called the cinema that you used to be able to go to and see. Yes, in that fabled place where people gathered and watched moving images together mm. Where, what, a, what, so a th- what a time in jersey we've got a cine world which you know it's like legit cinema our let's say sister island guernsey they have nothing at all like nothing i think there might be a hotel that has like a big telly that they can go and watch <laughs> from, but they've literally got no cinema but i don't know if cine world's gonna survive all this nonsense so we may be having to watch stuff just at home forever i don't know yeah. We, we, talked we did about talk that about that, room. yes. There was a lot of reshuffling and restructuring in cinemas to survive, essentially, and, and come up with additional cash flow. But I don't see it regardless as an institution that will ever close. I think even if Cineworld went financially bankrupt, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else came in and, and bought them out. It'd be a sad day if if cinemas weren't available anymore. 
That is a big concern of mine, actually. I think yeah. I think releasing straight to streaming services is a big mistake, and too many companies are leaning hard into that now, and that that scares the hell out of me because you're going to be paying more. It just you don't get the same experience sitting on your your sofa watching a big blockbuster. You know, you want a, that communal experience of sitting in the cinema, surround sound, big screen, fresh popcorn yeah. with with people with friends. So, yeah, I hundred percent agree, Dan on our show he is not a fan of the cinema he loves the movies but he'd sooner just stay at home and watch them so he is categorically wrong let's be 100 <laughs> percent clear about this his opinion is wrong it's a, the cinema is a must there's a guy over here called he sort of goes by the name of cine steph and he sort of travels around the island setting up whether it be parties or at the end of the last lockdown lockdown one we couldn't obviously have the cinema because there's still limits on numbers but he would do he would host sort of film nights in hotels so we went and see we saw parasite in a, a savoy hotel which down the road from me which was which was great you know it was not the full cinematic experience but at least it was like a quirky mm-hmm. sort of 20 people in a room with like posh hot dogs and stuff like that it was um great great film as well you know helps always helps when you've got a good film to watch but yeah someone sent a message saying the cinema reopens on x date and i was thinking well there's no films like around <laughs> i believe they'll just re-release you know, maybe things like, well, there's big releases like Quiet Place and James Bond and whatnot that still has to come out. But I wouldn't be surprised if they grabbed releases that, like Wonder Woman, you know, movies that, that they sent straight into yeah. streaming services or, or maybe Black 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 Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they brought them back out. Yeah. Did you yeah. see Wonder Woman we 84? We, we did. We, we had a whole episode yeah. on it. Oh, yeah. did you? No. Did you enjoy it? Turn well, that down. Yeah, it was. It really was. Uh, Zara mm-hmm. kind of enjoyed it, but you know, Zara is very easy on the movies. <laughs> you know, just put some moving images in front oh, of her, was, and she's happy. There was things that I enjoyed. Oh, absolutely, like Gal Gadot. Yeah, yeah. But it just um, felt cheap. Chris Pine getting like dressed Pine. was great, but yeah, I was going to say the the film. Yeah, it was. It was such a shame. But yeah, I think the um, first one's pretty overrated as well, personally, but anyway. The first one has, like, one really good scene, which is the no man's land scene, and I yeah. think everybody kind of focuses on that. And then the second one has no good scene. Do you really like think the one, Joe, where she was, one there was scene that, like, chase scene down there? Is it, like, the freeway, and she's jumping from vehicle to vehicle? It was... It was okay. I wouldn't like say, ooh, I, I like that scene, but basically I kind of like the interactions between Wonder Woman and... What do you call him? Steve? Trevor? I thought they were fun. But overall, I mean, she technically raped just... some guy. Yes, yeah. that's what yeah, we kind of touched was, on as well. Yeah. The episode, the whole <laughs> thing of consent, it was strange. If it yeah. had been the other way around, say, you know, Wonder Woman was a man, so it was like Superman and Lois Lane, and Lois Lane was in another person's body, that would have been very, very weird. So Pixar, yes, there was no family friendly issues like that no, in this no. movie. No, do you know I haven't watched this movie in a long? I say a long time. It was out in 2015. I haven't watched it. In a few years, I don't recall actually enjoying it the first time round. But then mm-hmm. when Joe put the spin on it saying that therapists are using this with children to explore their emotions, and I looked at it from that point of view, it's actually a very clever movie. Very clever. Yeah. This is the story of a girl named Riley whose family uproot and move from minnesota to san francisco so she's feeling you know a bit of a fish out of water she can't play hockey anymore she's left her friends their stuff doesn't arrive it's gone to texas for some reason i think you know blame the dad for that doing some bad admin (laughs) and she's effectively having to live like a squatter in this house and the way the film sort of works is we are presented with her 
emotions they are sort of personified we've got joy sadness fear disgust and anger and it's all about how they work in the background to create these sort of emotional responses and how how they affect how they affect her in real yeah. life i guess immediately i really enjoyed the opening scene where riley the the, the 11 year old girl is born and then first emotion that pops mm-hmm. up is joy and she has this one little control panel do you know and i just I thought it was really interesting that you know as obviously develops she gets just more emotions just kind of they just join the fray and then they're all taking turns at this kind of command console as opposed to working on it together there's just there's so much to enjoy like i i i love the that's kind of jumping ahead a wee bit but i I love seeing the mother and the father's emotional states like who kind of runs their minds you know i thought that was really fun really really playful yeah we get obviously the movie focuses on riley but we do get jumping ahead right to the very 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 end you see a whole gamut of different people and how they're being controlled by their emotions but this sort of has this idea this sort of construct that there are sort of key memories that form riley's personality in effect and it manifests in these these five was it five yeah i think it was five yeah five islands that are so family and fun and whatever they were. But they are basically total pricks to the sadness emotion. They are. Well, would you say they're all there's, total pricks or was it just more Joy? Joy was I the have. ringleader. Like she was a complete prick and basically bullied her out of the out of the equation altogether. But that is what we do, yeah, you know, I mean. with our emotions. You know, like sadness, not even just Joy. True. Like I think, I thought Joy had the toughest job because every other emotion in Riley's head is in direct nearly conflict with joy you know anger doesn't go well with joy and sadness maybe doesn't go well with joy and and disgust and fear doesn't go well with joy so I kind of felt like although everybody else can get along joy was the one that was constantly battling every other emotion so I felt like her job was actually the toughest but yeah she was she was a bit of a bitch to everybody you know trying to contain sadness and to that little circular bubble that she would draw on the floor like again that's just something that we all do and as for like the casting of the emotions, Amy Poehler was a brilliant choice for Joy. Is that how you say her name, um, Poehler? Yeah, I thought it was her. I mean, I think so. But no, she was good. Uh, of course, if if you remember Amy Poehler from Parks and Rec, she was Leslie Nope, who was an internal yeah, optimist. So she is like perfect for playing Joy. But yeah, I found I found it interesting. Like you ran, I liked seeing whose emotion ruled whose head. You know, so you saw the dad; he was ruled by anger, and the mum she was ruled by sadness. Was mm-hmm. it sadness? Yeah, hers was sort of predominantly sadness. But you see, whenever their emotions are a bit more mature, they're not just the one thing. You know, in other people's heads who are a bit more mature, it's not that they're purely angry or purely sad or anything like that. It's just sort of a mix and they're all working in tandem. Whereas Riley is hitting that puberty stage where her emotions are going absolutely crazy and they're all fighting one another. So it's kind of an emotional, or sorry, a, a film of coming of age emotional maturity thing so they they stand her up at school and, and ask her to basically talk in front of a um, class and th- this is where everything sort of kicks off and the sadness at this point grabs or mistakenly causes this this memory to now become a i can't remember the term they use for it now uh, off the top of my head but it's not long-term memory because they're the ones that she generates every night when she goes to sleep it's the ones the key memories i don't know but this now the sadness one becomes one of her five sort of key memories mm. and causes her to sort of fall into a kind of depression, I suppose. And then the the guy, the the director of this, Pete Doctor, this is 
this is what happened to him. This is his his story of his his upbringing, where his family left their home and they moved to Denmark so the father could study the music of Carl Nielsen. Wow, which seems wow. really specific. <laughs> and his two sisters got on fine. They just immediately integrated and were fine. But he was very isolated and withdrawn. And so that was the inspiration for the story. So that is how, what, what sort of happens to Riley. She withdraws from her classmates. She doesn't really connect with anyone on a, on a friendship level. And she's, she's quite resentful of her dad for making them make this journey, I think. Yeah, it's interesting that you sort of saw, said she disengaged or dissociates, you know, from her emotions. There's that scene where she tries to run away. And this is actually what prompted me kind of looking into Inside Out because I was watching a video about it was like a therapist reacts to Inside Out and they've got a YouTube channel and they were talking about that scene specifically where her whole emotion shut down and you know they're not responding and they can't like take control of her and she is just sort of trying to run away from everything and they use that scene in particular to educate children and educate their families on engaging with your emotions and letting yourself sort of feel them because those are the things that drive you and if you sort of do disengage from them then you can make you know very odd decisions or very rash decisions where you're not fully aware of what you're feeling and so you just kind of run from whatever it is and so i find that quite um interesting whenever i actually stumble across it my my daughter's having a few i wouldn't say like completely drawn but just i think the effects of like being in lockdown for so long and not having seen anyone or really been able to have people around and play and do kid stuff you know has really started to take its toll on her so she's becoming she doesn't really know how to cope with it you know my daughter's seven years old you know she's not geared up for that sort of emotional stuff so it's sort of interesting to see how something like this can open your eyes to what's going on in a child's mind and just give you a bit of an understanding a bit of empathy about it's you know this shit is difficult it's it's hugely relatable she's taken away from her friends and her family and everything and we're totally taken out of our routine at the minute and if your daughter's missing her friends and everything then you know maybe I don't know. This movie is quite relevant for lockdown. Yeah, definitely. They were driving home this message early on about how you need sadness to kind of put joy into perspective. So be it Mm -hmm. even with something as simple as bottling up or sadness and putting in a little bubble or even kind of sprinkled throughout. So whenever the the dad was having problems with his job or with the kind of the delivery of their home furniture and everything, the scene where the daughter Riley goes to bed and the mom is telling her to just keep smiling just for her dad She's essentially communicating the idea yeah. of just, just, just be happy. Just pretend to be happy. Just kind of bottle up that 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 sadness and forget about it. Just put on a smile. And I, I just love those little moments where they're sprinkling yeah. out this whole idea of it's just what we do, even subconsciously. Is we we always try to try to to bottle up that yeah. that that sadness. Joy has this realization that you need the sadness for people to rally around you, you know, and and that will create these different memories that that you need you know you can't just be a one-dimensional happy person all the time you know the, you she 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 then she has this sort of eureka moment which means that she has to go now find sadness and that that's where the sort of adventure part of the the film takes place i there's loads of good like what we've talked about the the message and and all that sort of positive stuff's really good i didn't think that this visually was Pixar's some of Pixar's best work, personally. A lot of people thought yeah, it was. I would actually agree with you. There. I would agree, yeah. but a lot of people thought that it was. I thought it was a lot of marbles. Yeah, 
But a lot of people, it was one of the things that I kept seeing up on the internet was how gorgeous this movie looked. And I thought there's been better movies out there. You know, something like no, I mean, Cars, yeah. in my eyes, you know, something <laughs> simple just metal. looks beautiful. Yeah, I think because it's so fantastical, you know, we don't really have anything to reference. Whereas the likes of like recently Toy Story 4, it looked class, but it's because That's... we know what those materials look like. Whereas, you know, you're inside somebody's head. What does joy look like? What that was the film like? I was going to reference because Toy Story 4, I think that you, yeah. could, you could just pause any Amazing scene, you know, and every frame is just absolutely spectacular this i get the bit you know with the forgotten memories that's dark and did you that's on purpose i get that but a lot of it was just it was just round balls on a shelf some of it you know i just i found it a bit stale to look at occasionally i was going to go on a big tirade about how i think pixar are really overrated actually go ahead please do (laughs) if you go yeah let's be controversial so 23 films currently Mm -hmm. toy story obviously you know that's a landmark film Bugs Life, shite. You didn't no. like Bugs Life? Oh <laughs> Bugs my Life is like one of my no. childhood movies. I loved no, Bugs Life. Ants is the better one. Uh, no, that's the Woody no, Allen. Yeah. 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 Nothing wrong with Woody Allen. Toy Story 2, great. Monsters, Inc. I don't care for it. Finding Nemo, no. rubbish. Monsters, Inc. First one's good. No. Nah. <laughs> Monsters University I, sucked. Yeah, Monsters University is my... Whatever. I haven't seen Monsters University. Finding Nemo, I don't like it. Damn. The Incredibles I, I did enjoy, Incredibles. but yeah. my friend, Jim has a hatred for that film which is beyond belief he thinks it's some sort of weird propaganda movie for what i don't it's hard to really understand it but he really hates it i i quite enjoyed that cars i think it's crap ratatouille yeah. is good wally is amazing up me and Riggs disagree about it uh, oh, all the time the because i think scene. it's really no, boring the opening it scene is the, the opening yeah, scene is it, good though. position I but yeah, but that's it. Yeah, well, the rest of the movie is a bit it, quite In my opinion, the villain is weak. Okay. I love the yeah. intro. Yeah, but Riggs thinks, the, Riggs thinks he's the best villain. I think he's rubbish. Toy Story 3 is absolutely incredible. I would say that is their best. Cars 2, no. Brave, meh. Yeah, Not brave. seen Monster University. Inside Out, I'll give you my verdict. Like a good dinosaur. <laughs> I've not, I've not seen, seen that, it, but no. I heard it's rubbish. No, not seen it. Finding Dory, no. Not seen it. Cars 3, no. Coco, I've not seen it. No. Incredibles 2, yeah toy story 4 i enjoyed toy story 4 no, but no you know you could say it's, it it's unnecessary, unnecessary after toy story 3 <laughs> and they just shoehorn they just kicked yeah. buzz to the sidelines and no i just i hated the new characters they should have just yeah. left it at three i had no compunction to see toy story 4 because i just thought toy story 3 was a good leaving off point i mean it, it basically oh, it you can see just behind me I do love Toy Story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're actually just a mix to me at the I've moment. I've got a slinky dog <laughs> somewhere. Is he free to a good home? Uh, and then what have we got left? Onward, I've not seen. We started watching it, but didn't finish it. Soul, we watched recently, and that's actually I heard that it was was bad. Really good. I haven't seen it yet. A lot of different opinions. No, I, well, I enjoyed it. It's, it's got Richard Diawadi, and I, you know, he's pretty good. I think everything. he's overrated. Um, no, it's it's good. Well, he's just, yeah. he's quite... I loved him in IT crowd. If you like him, you like him. Yeah. So I, you know, if I'm going to go through that list like that, I'm saying that at least 50% of Pixar films are no good. Yeah, well, yeah, I would I would agree that they are kind of overrated. They went through a period of being really hyped, and I think it was around the time of Up, wasn't it? You know, where people were like, they have actually like crossed over into high art. And you're right, they opened up. It's the only good part of that movie really after that it's a just really super standard but you know as, a, as an animation studio they do push the boundaries like with 
Toy Story 4, as unnecessary as it was, they really did push the boundaries of what, like, I think they used physically based rendering. I'm not too sure whenever they were rendering that, but they certainly used the pioneered dual focus techniques for CG. You know, you can get them in, you might know about this, Ryan, where you can focus on two different points like an at the same focus? time while everything else is out of focus. Well, while everything else is out of hmm? focus. I haven't come across that. Yeah, actually, I don't know. Right? It's a particular type of lens. Yeah. And they pioneered that in mm-hmm. animation. And so, you know, it was certainly in animation. They're not overrated. But in terms of storytelling, I do think that I agree with you in that a lot of the time it is kind of blown out. When they're good, as to how like, good it is. they are amazing. But I think yeah. people just forget about the bad ones and just say, you know, just oh, that's a Disney film. So, you know, they yeah, just kind of write forgot. It off. Yeah. A perfect point in case is Toy Story 3 where they hand over the reins. You know, they hand over the reins to the kind of younger generation. Mm. They give away the toys and it is... So sad. Probably one of the only movies I would uh, jerk a tear to. <laughs> what a way to put it. Was that when the uh, the sex pest John Lasseter got the boot? Uh, then, you know, Disney stepped in like, we need to get that nostalgia. We've still got Toy Story rides at Disneyland, so we've got to make another movie <laughs> to get people there, you know, so we can't leave this franchise out in the cold. But yeah, so this one then, I don't know, do I want to... It's really good. I had. I don't know why I missed it. I think it was what this was a classic case of like the parenting thing, and I never got around to seeing it. But whilst I really enjoy the message and the the sort of the themes are really relevant and important, it's not as visually impressive as as some of the other stuff. So I was kind of left a little bit. Does that always that. matter? And also, no. But also, when I see Carl McLaughlin, I want to see something weird and quirky mm. from him, not just like just a boring dad. Like ah. I'm a boring dad. I want to see <laughs> Twin Peaks kind of stuff out of Carl McLaughlin, you know? Some David Lynch stuff in the middle yeah, exactly. of Inside Out. Yeah, I um, didn't. I didn't even know this was David, this was um, Carl McLaughlin until the credits rolled, and I was like, "Fuck!" I'd like to when you look at the different emotions. Actually, I thought a lot of people were saying that this movie is a very sad movie. Okay, there's a lot of cries. I. One of the saddest moments for me, actually, was I suppose when you actually get an insight into the heads of the mother and the father and you can see the emotions that's running their psyche, I suppose. Yeah. And you see that the father's just ran by anger and the mother's ran by sadness. Mm-hmm. To me, for some reason, I find that that, that, was, that was sad for me to see that the mother's psyche was run by sadness because then I think there was something in, in there to be said that the mother's more melancholy or maybe she's a bit kind of more on the depressed side. Yeah, well, maybe the, maybe the father's well, a bit I think more. The, the family, the, the family dynamic was that they were they were kind of chasing the old mm-hmm. man's dream, weren't they? And she, you know, her, I guess her hopes and dreams had been sort of cast aside, and she was just a passenger on his journey. So maybe she was, you know, feeling the effects of that while reminiscing over the oh, we're the relationship that could have been yeah. with the helicopter pilot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it could be. It could be a case. You know, we saw that Riley was born with her first feeling mm-hmm. was joy. You know, what if the mother's first feeling was sadness? Maybe she was separated from her mother at birth or something like that. <laughs> and then the dad came out. He was like one of those crazy babies. I mean, if my sister's first, if I could pick my sister's first emotion, hers would be anger. She was an angry person and apparently a very angry baby. So I'd say that she was ruled by anger first and foremost. Whose fault was that? Was that your fault? Um, I I did not exist at that time. So you're assuming she's always been angry? Yeah. (laughs) Well, this movie could make you sort of look back on on your life and try and think about what those sort of milestone moments were that have, you know, created your sort of emotional Mm -hmm. state. Yeah. Um, Kind of made me think about that. Let me ask you: Is this? I mean, you watched, you rewatched yeah. it, Ran, and and you watched it. So, 
Did you cry at any point? Did you tear up at any point? Or did you find no, any point touching at all? You did. No. I yeah, I I didn't I didn't cry about it a bit, but the the sort of the being a parent, you know, and, and seeing the the struggles that a child goes through, you know, we've had some big stuff to deal with in our family. I, I like some traumatic events, you know. So you wonder did those leave a big scar, you know, especially on a child who mm-hmm isn't emotionally mature enough to know how to deal with that sort of stuff so when you see that on a film it's very very relatable and and it you know that's one of the things that makes it in a way less enjoyable because it then puts that almost that worry in your mind of like shit you know what's she thinking about and how do we deal with that and what have i got to do you know so it's it's like it's like an education this movie in some ways because it does open your eyes to you know, you have to be more emotionally intelligent about what's going on around you. I think yeah. it's interesting that you took it from. Okay. Sorry, Raul. I'll let I'll let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish, okay? But I'm gonna have my Kanye moment. But uh, no, it's interesting that you took that point of view. You know, because you're a parent, I'm not. You know, so I look at everything completely selfishly. <laughs> How does this affect me personally? Oh, no, I'm still I'm still pretty selfish. <laughs> so I, it's good to get, have your sort of perspective of that because a lot of people did see say that this movie really wasn't just for the children it was a really good watch for the parents as well it's educational for both so it is cool to hear you say that but i'm gonna let you finish ryan go ahead (laughs) i was just going to say that as everybody i'm sure is i'm just a huge fan of nostalgia and i find that when bing bong that's his name isn't the elephant when he fell down into that pit and he, he finds that that memory orb that memory ball and he can see himself playing with riley as a child that was probably one of the only moments that made me actually really feel anything it was just because then I wondered how much was I forgetting in terms of memories and relationships and you know what I got up to as a child and I find it that's sad to me because once you've lost your childhood it's gone and there are moments that I can remember my naivety growing up and I kind of wish I could remember more of those I can still remember the first time I learned what a dildo was. And I know that's not quite childhood, but I remember <laughs> I remember being in school and my brother saying dildo. And I was like, what's a dildo? And he, he told me what a dildo was. And I thought, I just, I couldn't contemplate, I couldn't understand. Because I thought to myself, why do women need dildos? I have a penis. What's oh. wrong with, why do they need a fake penis? No, no, not, not just well, women. That's, yes, that is true. We're talking about inclusivity here, but... I just couldn't fathom. Yeah. I just couldn't understand yeah. it. I did not grasp the idea of why women would use a fake one when we, as men, have real ones. Uh, it's just one of those. It's, it's just something. It's just a big moment of naivety for me. You clearly, haven't lost yeah. no, that memory. No, it's, it's stuck with innocence. me. I'm not sure what else that says about me, but. <laughs> well, what's your most prominent memory? What's your that's key memory? Well, it's, 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 it's that one, and <laughs> as a uh, Irish man, I was uh, an ultra boy. Like I might have said this to you. <laughs> yes. Oh. Uh, and uh-oh. I think I must have been about 10 or 11. And for some reason, the smell of the incense, whatever it is, that they're kind of wafting around the church, gives me the shits. And on Christmas Eve... <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, oh, it's no, very nostalgic. On Christmas <laughs> Eve, I was up at the altar doing my, my duties. I shot myself in front of hundreds of people. I shot myself. <laughs> Nobody else knew that it was happening, but I remember uh, feeling it running down my leg. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I need to get out of here. But you knew, I, and so did oh, Jesus. I'm he going knew to hell well, for that. So. I am burning in hell <laughs> for shitting at the altar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so bad. 
God, I wouldn't even know what mine were. Jeez, I'm so no. old now. I don't know. Nothing really stands out like that, to be fair. Nothing compares. I, <laughs> I do have a, a dildo-related one that I've said on the pod before, but we were, we were up at the zoo, and it was this time of year because it, it was springtime and all the, the daffodils were out, and for some reason I said daffodildos <laughs> and my daughter just then skipped down the road going dildos dildos I was like, oh, no, shut up. oh shit um, that yeah. was the definite bad dad parenting moment for sure yeah. how um, did you correct that situation I, I, I got, you know i just had to know to stop like, it's a bad word i, don't know why I said it and uh getting like a seriously evil stare from my missus and what the hell are you doing <laughs> you know you know licorice all sorts you know the licorice sweets their mas- mascot is called birdie bassett yeah as a child i used to think he was called birdie <laughs> bastard so like i just be like can i get some birdie bastards <laughs> caused a few embarrassing moments not as not as good as daffodildos daffodildos i do yeah. like that that's what they should be referred to from now on yeah this this film took an unexpected uh it did it took a very r-rated so dildo chat <laughs> yeah yeah. As it usually does on our podcast. The budget for this was $175 million. Mm-hmm. Clearly, this one's going to be a winner. I think it, there's no surprise. But do you have any idea how much money this did make? No. Ooh, I wouldn't say it's... It okay, yeah. I was going to say I wouldn't pass a billion. I didn't think it would pass a billion. <laughs> no, not, well, not yet. But maybe after this review, there'll be, be another search. 150 yeah. mil. Yeah. Eight, and 858 and counting. So that's... So you said their budget good. was 100 and... It's 175, 175 million. But then there's double marketing, marketing okay, on yeah. top of that. Yeah. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Yeah. Maybe not enough money for Disney these days. We were talking about, sure. um, well, they've got a bottomless pit yep. there, haven't they, really? We were talking about Endgame, and that was over 500 million in the end when you had the marketing in it. But we were also looking at Spider Man into the Spider Verse, mm-hmm. and that was only 90 mil. And when you compare, like, visually how they look, yeah. um, so good. Yeah. Like, that to me, when I see animation now, that's like the gold standard because it was just absolutely knocked you knocked you away. That that film was just incredible. Yeah, I rewatched um, it recently. It was absolutely class. Yeah. The techniques that used, you know, they ever animated like on every other frame to emulate cell animation. Well, we had that sort of same discussion cool. on the our WandaVision finale episode. We were discussing mm. how we felt. Did WandaVision compare to Endgame visually for the money it was spent? It was it was about twenty five million. Per episode of WandaVision, and we yeah, mm-hmm. so it really? kind of came. I think it ended up being a little bit more expensive, was it, or, or just shy of Endgame? And I kind of wondered comparatively, what would you have thought looked better, Joe? You thought WandaVision? Yeah, I thought overall. I mean, I'm not saying like WandaVision had crazy, crazy special effects, you know, and uh, like on the scale of Endgame, but as a complete package, mm-hmm. I think it looked better. How did you find the finale? It was all right. <laughs> Typical Marvel fare, yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it descended like, from its, you know, really creative sitcom type thing. I'm not sure yeah. they could have blasted blasted around. It was enough to put people off the yeah. start. Even I going in with no yeah. knowledge whatsoever, even aesthetically how it was going to look. First two episodes, I thought, what the fuck is this? I, I couldn't, I just nearly, I nearly felt like quitting right then and there. But then we persevered because we needed to for the show and I really enjoyed it. I felt like it was, I still enjoyed the finale, you know, the sucker for that Marvel mm-hmm. stuff, but. All the interesting stuff, the way the different stuff that they'd done throughout the series. All the little Easter eggs and everything, the everything they were hiding in the background. And it was just like all the head laser beams and Easter stuff eggs, yeah. as usual. But I enjoyed it. I'm not, I, I was enthusiastic about it before it started. I'm not, I don't share that enthusiasm for the Winter Soldier everything. and Falcon. I just think 
No, neither do I, no. I'll still watch it, but is it, like it still just seems is it like to be soon? a bit more vanilla. Friday. Friday. Friday, okay. I think. Well, we're watching... Just after the say, Snyder We're Cut. watching the Snyder Cut, yeah. and we're going to do a review on that. Are you excited for that? I don't know. I'm not a big fan of DC. I think you're less than excited around DC. I, I love Marvel. DC, they kind of have all the shit yeah. heroes, in my opinion, and all the shit villains. Oh, Batman's Batman, brilliant. I love Batman. <laughs> you can't go wrong with Batman, on, but on he's Batman. about the only one. Superman is borderline for me. I do love Batman. I did watch Gotham. Uh, yeah. I think Superman's boring. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. unbeatable. So what's the point? So, same issue with Captain Marvel. She seems like, she, you know, she can't be beaten. So what's the part. point? I'm not excited for the Snyder Cut and I hate that fucking toxic <laughs> fan fucking attitude of give me the fucking cut I want. Fuck off. Just yeah. fuck off. <laughs> I don't uh, think this one is purely to do with the fans. I think this one is kind no, of... No, it does some, more to it than yeah. that. And I didn't realize what a fucking arsehole Joss Whedon yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we were talking about that as well. Big, big He's Buffy fan. Big... And, uh, yeah, it's fucking tainted, man. How much did they yeah. spend on reshoots, Joe? Did you say it was like 70 million? 70 million was the Oh, for, yeah, idea. for uh, mm-hmm. the so make its money yeah. back. That's yeah. just on... That's just on Henry Cavill's moustache. Yeah. I do enjoy Henry Cavill. He's a fellow Jersey countryman. I do. The first thing I noticed on this show was your mustache and your beard. They're very, very well groomed. You have a fantastic mustache. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you sit and twirl some, it at the ends? Do you sit and to get rid of it. Play with it. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. yeah, it's très magnificent. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's so ginger there. Mine you know, just comes in patchy. Sometimes in I our just family. sometimes yeah. I just go to the barber and say like. Just reset, yeah. take it off, and he's like, "No." <laughs> you can't see because the light in here, but like, I have like blonde hair, and I've got a ginger beard. So if I grow it, it is pure orange, and it's like, cool. do it. Yeah, go on, Joe. Final oh, thoughts. Okay, final thoughts. Yeah, I I enjoyed Inside Out overall. I like the message. I kind of agree that it's not the most visually arresting thing. You were saying earlier on, Ryan, that you kind of got a little bit choked up about the yeah. Ding Bong thing. That wasn't the bit that got me. It was the ending. Whenever the memories you came to the realization that memories cannot just be like one thing. They can be a mixture of both. And whenever it was like sadness and happiness uh, mixed together, that that got me. And it actually made me think about my own memories and sort of looking back on things. So I think that the film achieved what it set out to do, which was entertain the young people watching it, but also make the older people sort of consider their own past and what things have shaped them. So, yeah. That's my kind of sum up. I enjoyed Lovely. the film. As someone who's all about aesthetics, like I love you know camera and lighting and cinematography. And as you were saying, it, it didn't look as good as it should have, but I did love kind of the small visual cues, such as like the shapes and the colors of the characters and how they were representing the different emotions and and just little things like the control panel and whatnot. Like I'm I'm, I'm a sucker for those kind of little visual cues. I love the end message, just simply being that to put into context. Not just with joy and sadness, that you can't have one without the other, but just in every emotion. And I suppose that was reflected at the end of the movie where you see all the different orbs and they're a mix of different colors. And I just loved that they were trying to well, not just tell children, but adults, I suppose, that you really need to embrace every emotion and understand it fully to be able to control it, but to be able to kind of get better perspective on your other emotions and other parts of your psyche. And I think it's very interesting that therapists are using it with children. So yeah, I I enjoyed it more having seen it from that perspective a second time round, not so much the first time. But yeah, overall, I, I thought it was good. Cool. Well, I fell asleep, okay. so yes. That, yes. that tells you everything you need to know. No, I, I fell asleep purely out of fatigue, nothing to do with the movie itself. Yeah, like, like you mentioned, Joe, I don't think that, you know, visually I wasn't blown away by mm. it. Certainly when you compare it to things like Toy Story 4, which I think is like, 
is off the chart. And recently, having watched um, Spider Man, like we mentioned, that is like the gold standard. But on a on a sort of the message of the film really struck me, especially. I don't know, maybe it just hits different when you're a parent because it certainly with what we're going through in, in our households with sort of emotional we stuff. We will let you know um, if and when we are parents with all sorts we have of different things. Same, if, we have, if we see it from a different perspective. Yeah, don't do it. Just don't. don't have kids. You sound <laughs> like my don't dad. Don't do it. Don't do it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Why would you want to do that Fun to yourself? That. No, don't. I regret having I, you around. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. my brother was wanted. I was an accident. Andrew was meant to be a girl and Jordan was an accident. So there you go. So it does, it does have that message when you're a, a dad or indeed a mother. It's, it does sort of make you think about what's going on in those little people's heads, which maybe I hadn't considered in quite so much sort of depth before. So um, definitely grateful to the movie for that. Did you ever consider maybe what emotion is more in charge in your own head? In mine, probably yeah. anger. That's you as well, right, Archer? You're oh, you're thank you very much, too. angry boy. Yes. I don't <laughs> consider myself a violent person, but I would consider as a trait in my family we'd be very short-tempered yeah so it's something i don't allow people to see so i'm quite surprised when you're saying anger it's something you don't normally see in people and, and they internalize that and just kind of push it down and down and that's something that i'm working on but i would probably agree as much as i hate that that yeah anger is probably something that has more control than i would like what about you joe it's all that testosterone it is. isn't it yeah 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 <laughs> men <laughs> yeah, I would I would say that it's probably like you know sadness because I'm a sad oh. boy. No, probably it probably is sadness, but I don't really I don't really see it as a as a negative thing. Like I've I've said this to some of my friends, and like you're an actual freak. Maybe it's the writer in me, but I love when I feel melancholy and I'm looking out at the rain. And I'm like, oh, I'm really <laughs> sadness. <laughs> you know, well, it's you it's know, an odd thing taking a pleasure sweet. in like sad moments. I don't know. Yeah, it's that's, a bitter That's what this movie tells us, though. That's that was the message. I think you know one of the key takeaways from this message was to you know not be afraid of that Absolutely. emotion. Yeah, I, I learned it. Lesson learned. So everyone, go and watch it and get in touch with your emotions. Mm-hmm.